Hello, welcome to the Gospel of Kennison. This is episode 178, brought to you the week of February 12, 2022. I'm your host. My name is James Kennison. This is my personal audio journal. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad that you found us and that you're listening. I hope you're doing well, because I am. I'm doing good. Um, this show is brought to you by our patrons. With special thanks to Carrie Wright, Carrie Bernhardt, and Wesley Gill. Become a sponsor today and support the show at patreon.com slash GOK. All right. So first of all, uh, little victories. Uh, I'm putting out another episode. And uh, <laughs> so that, that means one of two things. Things are going wrong or things are going right. And it's kind of a mixture of both. Um, I still love my job, but there are, there are difficulties with the new job. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, there's, there's a little bit of stress. A little bit of issues, things like that. I'm also going to talk about the word don't and what that means in my life. Um, we're going to talk about how I've figured out how to do podcasting with a full-time job, uh, what I'm watching, uh, reading, movies, things like that, and uh, some of the random things that have been going on uh, that I care about and hopefully, hopefully you'll be interested in. We'll see. Um, as you know, if you listen, I work at a, uh, a place that does caps, both, you know, dad caps, uh, trucker caps and knitted caps. We, we also do other random things like some t-shirt printing and, uh, making scarves and stuff like that. Uh, and I, I am a designer. I'm a graphic designer. I like to tell people I'm in fashion. I'm in fashion from the eyebrows up, you know, uh, but I, I design hats. I do all kinds of different decorations. I pick out different fabrics. Uh, I do both in stock hats, which has limited capabilities because of what we can do in the factory. And then we do high concept hats for overseas that you can do stuff. pretty much anything you can imagine to a hat, um, that can be done. Uh, let me give you an example of a few things that can be done uh, on an in-stock hat, okay? So you can choose, obviously, what colors you want and whether you want a medium or low-profile uh, cap. Um, you can choose if you want a flat visor, uh, a, a modified flat visor, which is a little bit curved, which I've kind of come to like that style. And then a pre-curved, which is what you imagine, uh, you know, your baseball caps and your trucker caps and stuff like that. And then you've got choices over, um, I, I've already said fabric, but then you've got whether you want fabric on the back or do you want mesh. And then there's choices of mesh, whether you want plastic trucker mesh or you want pre-washed soft mesh. Um, there's also a jersey knit mesh and all kinds of meshes that you can get that, uh, that can go on a hat. Uh, then you have the stitching. You can choose what color the stitching is. You can match uh, the fabric or you can do contrasting stitching. You can also do different thicknesses of stitching. Um, so sometimes on a really rugged looking pre-washed frayed hat, uh, which has to be unstructured, by the way. And that's another thing that you can do is have a structured or an unstructured hat. A structured hat would be a hat like a trucker cap that stands up on its own. Um, it's usually a mid profile or a low profile 
and a unstructured cap would be like your average dad cap that flops around, you know, that golf guys wear and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, you can have different, different, um, not thicknesses of thread, but how many times it goes over itself to make it look thicker. Um, you can put, uh, by the way, I've skipped from just in-house <laughs> or doing, we're doing overseas stuff too. I, I just, I forgot. That's what I was limiting myself to. You can put different decorations on the front so you can have flat embroidery. Um, if the logo is right, you could do 3d embroidery, which is basically they put a piece of foam down and they stitch over the foam. And it, it cuts through the foam with the needle and um, the, the, the string, I guess, you know, the thread kind of puffs up. Um, some, some of our salespeople call it puff. I want it puff. It's not puff. It's 3D. Um, and then you've got leather patches, faux leather patches. You've got laser cut faux leather patches. You've got uh, debossed leather patches, which is where they press it into the surface um, and we've got different colors of all of those. Uh, and then we've got real leather and, and then we have, uh, what we call heat sealed leather, which can be in any shape, not just circles, squares, or diamond shapes and things like that. Um, and, uh, let's see what else, uh, we have, uh, it's called, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it, but it is a plastic applique that goes on and it looks like if you took uh, embroidery and took it to the next level and turned it plastic, that's what this would look like. And I can't remember what it's called right off the top of my head. Um, it's very expensive. It's about $10 a hat, but it looks so good. It looks like a textured plastic badge that, that you know, heat seals on the front of the hat. So you also have embroidered patches, which is embroidery on a patch. Uh, you say, well, why would you put it on a patch? Because patches are sewn flat and things that are sewn flat are sewn. You can get slightly smaller detail out of them. Like what, what, what we call a running stitch where it's just one stitch wide and uh, you can do smaller letters and stuff. When you're stitching directly onto a cap, the cap bounces a little bit. The fabric moves and it makes one line stitches uh, ridiculously bad. It's just not good. Uh, so you can do embroidered patches, which is nice. Um, you can do woven patches, which means you uh, go, they go to a different company and they weave the design into the, uh, into the fabric. And so you can get higher detail. If you want an example of this, usually if you have a pair of Nikes or something uh, and you go to the tongue of the shoe, the logo's there. And then on the back of the tongue is usually some directions and stuff you will see an example of a woven patch. And we do that on hats. We make, uh, we put logos in them. Um, they can go in several different locations. They can go on the side of the, of the, uh, uh, the brim. They can go, um, on the back of the hat near the closure. They can hang across the back seam from the back for that, that, that hoop part. Um, it's called ABS cross back street seam. Um, and then, and then they they can be any shape that you want as well. So we can stitch them onto the front of the hat, like a, like a, like an embroidered patch um, and all that. And then you have appliques, which are cloth pieces of cloth that you can sew around the sides to make stripes around the hat. Um, you can take appliques and move them in between the two layers of the brim to make a sandwich that shows out the front. Um, I know sandwich sounds weird, but it just means that there is a uh, 
a piece of cloth between the bottom and top of the brim that comes together and it looks pretty sharp and you can even have that woven where you can put words in there, which is really weird. Um, then you have piping that goes up the side. We could put ropes on it, um, different colors of ropes. You can use polyfoam. You can um, deboss hats. There's certain material that you can melt a design into the hat and then stitch on top of that. And so a lot of guys will do an American flag uh, debossed into it to where when the light hits it, you can see the American flag um, or checkerboard patterns if they're racers or stuff like that. Um, so that only... That, that, that's just what I can think of right off the top of my head. Um, we can put woven patches on uh, hook and loop closures. Oh, I forgot about closures. There's plastic snap, <laughs> uh, which is what we're all used to. There's uh, We don't call it Velcro because that's a name brand. It's called hook and loop. So we can do hook and loop. Um, we can do uh, 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 a cloth strap with an antique brass buckle. Um, and then there's a stretchable buckle. And then there's flex fit hats that can do up to 10 sizes in the amount of stretch that can come. It's just basically, uh, it doesn't have that hole in the back. It just has a solid piece. And, uh, and then there's <clears throat> stitching locations. I've got about that. There's front panel, which is, you know, up in the front. And then you have lower left. A lot of, a lot of people like to have that logo in the lower left. The only deal is it can only be two and a half inches wide, uh, which uh, we have to reach uh, what we call minimums, uh, on a hat, you, you can't stitch too small. I kind of de detailed out that later earlier. Then you can do side panels, um, a cross side seam, which means you can go all the way across the side instead of just in one side of the panel panels. And then there's ABS, which is over the back seam. Uh, this would be the curved part that you would see somebody's phone number or website or something like that. Uh, you can also go straight across uh, the limit is it can only be about an inch tall and about three and a half inches wide. Uh, then there's also screen printing. You could screen print on the brim of the hat, the visor. You can screen print under the visor. You can screen print on the, the, uh, the actual mesh on the back, uh, large images we're talking about. And then the, lastly, I'll, I'll mention sublimation. You can do it on hundred percent polyester caps and, uh, you can do a panel um, uh, and, and it can be full color. So think about those cakes that you've seen at the grocery store where they print somebody's face on the cake. That's sublimation. They take and print onto the fabric and it can only be done, like I said, on polyester. And uh, I, one of my first hats that ever got <clears throat> sampled was, was the sublimated hat and, uh, and they're really neat. So you can sublimate mesh. You can sublimate, um, uh, caps, um, uh, like beanie caps and stuff like that. I've had some of those approved and then, um, <clears throat> appliques I already talked about those. Well, you can, you can also screen print appliques. You could sew them on the front of the cap and, um, put the logo on the applique, not just make stripes out of them. Like I said earlier. So there's lots of stuff. And I hope it's obvious that I've learned a ton since I started. I mean, you may have just checked out for all of that. But um, there's a lot that goes into every hat, and that's just scratching the surface of what I currently can just pull out of my head. Uh, I have notes. I have a notebook. I have catalogs. I have all kinds of things that show how to uh, modify hats, and, and you can go super cheap and just get your logo embroidered, or you can go all the way up to overseas and, um, and have just everything done, everything you can imagine, anything. 
uh, flames and multicolored, you know, multi, you can change the colors of hats and every, anything you want. It's, it's crazy, but, 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 but the, the honeymoon has definitely, you know, faded on, on the job and now it's a job, which is fine. And, and it's fun, but, and I don't know if I talked about this, but if I did forgive me, I'm going to talk about it again. Uh, a few couple weeks ago, well, I've, I've been knowing that a review from my boss was coming for a while. Okay. Uh, he talked about it before I even started the job that they have a certain metric that they use to measure how long it should take people to do certain jobs. An overseas hat concept should take about 45 minutes by their figuring. Now I disagree with this because a concept isn't an individual hat design. It is as many hats as they want in one concept. So a concept can be as small as one hat. It can be as many as 16 to 18. It can be more than that. But typically I've not done anything over 11 to 18 hats on a single concept. And I'm sorry, you can't think up 18 different hat designs in just 45 minutes. It doesn't work. Now their logic is it balances out because some of them are one concept or one idea, you know, one hat, one, one artboard. Uh, some of them are five, you know, it all works out and they're probably right. They've been doing a lot longer than I have, but I've known that a review was coming because it's the metric they use to measure how productive you're being. And this comes from a company that, um, is a production company. They have millions, not millions, but hundreds of, uh, you know, 12 head embroider machines on the floor and, they used to pay people by how many hats they sewed and they, they decided to stop doing that and pay them an hourly wage. So you can see what I'm saying though, is they were all about production and they, I think they brought that same mindset into the art department. <clears throat> For instance, I'm like, why don't you um, measure how many approvals we get? rather than how many concepts we do, because doesn't it matter how many, how much business we're bringing in? You know, I'm, I'm not going to say anything like that, but that's, that's one of the questions I have is, doesn't it matter which artists are bringing in the most money to the company? It doesn't matter how much we're doing if nobody's buying and uh, how many revisions we're getting, because when somebody starts doing revisions on a hat, it means they're invested in the design. They like it. They're eventually going to buy it. They don't fart around with designs they hate. So you, when you start the revision process, some artists get annoyed with it, but I'm like, no, this means they're going to buy my hat. So revisions and which is interaction with the content. I mean, that's what I'm used to talking about on podcasting. When people interact with the content by emailing and stuff like that, that's, that's, that's good. Um, but why don't we measure those standards rather than just how much work I'm churning out? But anyway, I think it just comes from the fact that they started as an embroidery shop in some uh, strip mall somewhere, you know, 80 years ago and have grown and evolved. And um, this is just the way they did. So anyway, um, a few weeks ago, the boss got on the email and said that he would be out of town. Now, I want to reiterate that um, the boss is always out of town for me. Because we work in St. Louis, my, my buddy Jamie and I, but the company is, is located in uh, about an hour and a half south of us. And uh, there's a whole office of people. That's where I went to train and all that kind of stuff. We work remotely. 
in an office here in uh, St. Louis. It happens to be an office inside another embroidery shop. So uh, the boss emailed out that said he would be out of the office. And the next day, about 930, he shows up, surprise, in the office. And I didn't think much of it at the time. But, I mean, he's a great guy. He's very nice. He's very cool. Uh, he's a, he's a believer, you know, um, and it works out, but that move of surprising us, I mean, I think part of it was to see if we were working or not, cause he doesn't have a camera on us or anything like that. Um, this is a new thing for them. So they're trying it out, you know, and, and rightly so if we were screwing around, he had a right to catch us doing it. We weren't, obviously we don't, we work, um, but, but what that, what, let me just tell you what it did to me because last Friday, this past Friday, uh, well, Thursday, he, he announced he would be out of the office on Friday. And so what did that do to me with my paranoid, you know, uh, anxious self? It made me think he's going to show up and it's a little too soon and we're probably going to get fired. And I've already said that my, I don't work for the money. I'm working to have something to do with my life because what my wife makes, we we've obviously survived on for the last 10 years while I wasn't working. So my money goes into a special bank account and it goes into home improvement and vacations. And that is what James brings to the family is I'm going to get us a new deck and I'm going to help us go to Mexico for our last family vacation before Jenna moves out of the house. Can you believe that, by the way? Three-year-old Jenna, who used to do podcast kid, is 18 and going to be going to college. But anyway, um, so so Friday was kind of torturous for me because I kept waiting any minute for him to come bumping in. And every time I'd go to the bathroom, every time I would get up to stretch, I'm like, he's going to walk in right now and see me. And I'm going to be fooling around in his eyes, you know, and uh, it's it's just not going to be it's not going to be a good thing. Uh, and then <laughs> the whole day goes by stressed out, you know, it starts to get close to the end of the day. Four 30 is when I get off. It's about five, three 30. And Jamie's like, well, you know, if you're going to fire somebody, you usually wait to the end of the day on Friday. And I'm like, Oh, thanks so much, dude. <laughs> you just, I was finally starting to chill. And so the last hour was just torture because I'm just waiting for him to come in and, and say, you know, that we're fired. And like I said, I wouldn't mind on one aspect, but the other aspect is I've been trying really hard because when we got the review initially, um, he gave us a review of, of our score, you know, cause like I said, he's, he's broken it down into how much time each, each thing should take. And so, we, we look at how many concepts we've made, how much time we've spent, how many hours we've been paid for. And he comes up with a percentage <clears throat> and my percentage was wavering, uh, between, I mean, at the lowest, it was 24% on, on one week. Um, the highest was, I want to say 64 to 70 somewhere in there. And he told me that he wants us to move toward 80% as a goal. And I was like, okay, 
you know, I don't even know what that looks like. I don't know how many concepts that is. You know, it would be nice to know that kind of business. Um, but, uh, I, I, I was doing, I think I was doing okay for not knowing what I was doing, but it did put a fire under my butt. And, and I started trying to find ways to not take shortcuts, but to do things shorter. And that's investing in templates. It's investing in, uh, shortcuts, learning more shortcuts, uh, for illustrator, uh, keyboard shortcuts, things like that. Um, uh, pulling in things that I, I use over and over again, going ahead and drawing them out making them into templates like inside taping. That's another thing that we do. Uh, if you look inside a cap, there's, there's, uh, strips of cloth that go over the seams, um, inside the hat. And some people have that screen printed with, you know, their website or a saying or a slogan or a logo or something like that. And inside taping was something I kept having to draw over and over with the stitch marks. So I drew it and I put it in a file and now I can pull it up and copy and paste it into a file. And then I found myself, I was changing the colors of them quite a bit. So I went ahead and took the, the five to 10 minutes to, to duplicate the taping and go ahead and make one white, one black, one gold, one red, one blue. And now 90% of the time I just have the color I need and I just drag and drop it in there and, and go on about my business. And so I've been doing an average of seven to 10 concepts a day. And, um, and, and that goes with re, re, uh, revisions and approvals. Approvals take time. When you get an approval, it means they, they want the design you made. So you have to take all those woven loops. You have to take all those things and you have to send artwork out so that people can make the things that go on the hats. And that takes time. Um, so all of that's taken into consideration, but it, it, it really has put, I think some unnecessary strain and stress on me. I was telling my wife last night that I work as fast as I work and I expect to work faster as I get more information in my head. Like I used to have to ask about silica. Silica is a rubber substance that goes on a hat. It has a raised surface and a texture to it. It's really nice. It's done overseas. Can silica go over the seam, uh, center seam on a six panel cap? Um, for a while, the answer seemed to be yes. But I found out after about an hour, no, um, that somebody called the factory. You can't put it over the seam. It has to lay flat. It has to be a five panel cap uh, with no seam down the center in the front part of the cap. Um, but knowing that, you know it forever now. And when you're creating something with silica, you know, to put it on a five pound cap. It doesn't take you an hour to figure that out. So as I learn more, I naturally will start to work faster and more seamlessly, no pun intended with the five panel cap joke. Um, seamless five pound cap. Ha. Uh, and so I, I will get to a point where I am as fast as I can possibly go. You know what I'm saying? Comfortably without having to kill myself without being stressed out. Cause I'm not going to do that. And if that's not enough, if that's not enough, if my numbers aren't there, then I'm going to just tell them that's, that's the best I got. And I could say that and look you square in the face and say, that's the best I've got. And I can't literally cannot afford to give more. And I will, I will be the one that, that pulls the plug. I'm not going to let somebody fire me. I will just say, I obviously can't do what is required of this job. I'm going to go ahead and step down. 
because I'm I'm not the person that's going to drag my feet and and wait for somebody to let me go and try to suck you know as much money out of them as I can while they go through the process. Now, I uh, I didn't do that with with the church I went to. When as soon as I realized I couldn't do the job and that they weren't going to help me, I quit. And uh, I answered all the questions for myself. And that's the way I'll do it here. Um, but I, I still love my job. I don't, I don't think I have that much to worry about. I think um, my medication has something to do with my, with my uh, stress. Um, because I get to the point where I get so stressed, I get almost... Uh, I get anxious to the point of being paranoid. Like there was a period of time uh, after Christmas where I wasn't getting a refill that I needed. Um, they had accidentally sent it to North Carolina and then they tried to renew it and the insurance canceled it, said it's too soon to refill. And there was this whole big mess and it took days and days and it seemed to take a lot longer than it really did, but it was really affecting my, my anxiety and uh, this was just after, you know, this review and I'm, I'm freaking out obviously to the point that I'm getting paranoid and I was absolutely sure that my boss was watching my screen from, uh, from his desk, you know, an hour and a half away. I don't know where this idea came from. Like I said, I was anxious to the point of paranoia um, and it, and it just crippled me. I couldn't do anything right. I couldn't find the menus. I couldn't click on things right. I, I was just, I was just so upset and so anxious. And I think that's why it turned into paranoia because anxiety, you just keep going. You make up reasons. Your stupid brain makes up reasons to be stressed. And of course, uh, I mean, I even went to the point where I was wanting to call him and say, what do you think of me? What have I done wrong? What have I done right? You need to let me know right now. And, and, uh, <clears throat> now obviously I'm like, you know, I'm just going to do my best. And if my best isn't good enough, that's fine. You know, uh, it's a, it's a totally different outlook on life when my, my brain is working the way it's supposed to. So, um, that's, that's, that's it though. I mean, Friday was just hellacious it was it was not good uh, a lot of stress a lot of anxiety and you know because like i said this is a trial thing i mean they're trying this out and i hope it works i i like my job i i want to keep it but i don't want it to be stressful i want it to still be enjoyable because the time just flies when i'm when i'm in it you know when i'm not even having to think about it but there are a lot of details, you know, you can't just design a cap. You have to make sure it's possible for it to be done in real life. So when I say you can do almost anything, there are a lot of things you can't do. <clears throat> and you have to make sure that, that it can be done. You can't just design it, show it to the customer. The customer loves it. And then you find out, oh, well, half this stuff can't even be done because this is the wrong type, type of fabric. You can't do this on that, blah, 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 you know. So there's a lot of details and, uh, I I've, I've learned a lot, but I, I can always learn more. I can always get faster. Um, I just want to get there with a little bit of time and I do wish I knew where I stood from the last review. I don't know how often reviews happen, but, uh, you know, also, also every single concept I do, I send in to the boss 
and he reviews it and sends back notes. So that's always a little bit of a paranoid thing. When I was, when I was off my medicine, I was, I was looking through my concepts so hard, trying to make sure that I got everything right. The date, the, the, the order number, um, the job number, the, uh, all the call outs for the decorations and making sure that I had all the colors called out on, on the, uh, fabrics and everything. And I would get to the point where I would analyze it so much that I was just paralyzed. They call it analysis paralysis. And I wouldn't want to send it in because I knew I was going to get something negative back and, and it would take me an extra 15 minutes to get the courage up to send it. And it was, it was ridiculous. And I told him about that during the review. And, um, now it's, it's different. First of all, because I'm making less mistakes. And secondly, I have my medication and I'm not as worried about it. It's part of the learning experience. And that's what I told him during the review is I hate doing things wrong. But every time you send me back corrections, I learn, you know, and uh, a lot of times my, uh, when he, when it comes back, it just, he, he'll just say, good, that's, that's it. And I love that because that means everything on it was fine. I didn't make any mistakes. And there's so many, so many details in a concept. You just, you just wouldn't believe how much goes into it because everything you do to a cap has to be called out because the customer service takes that image that you've made with all of those decorations and they have to price them out. And sometimes they know when things won't work because they've been there for 16 years or something. But a lot of times they just, they just trust you, you know, and move on. But anyway, that is, that is that. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I hope that from now on there'll be less sneaking. Okay. <laughs> I want a, I want a lot less sneaking because that, I mean, the man just had to go somewhere on Friday, you know, he wasn't, and he didn't mean to make me paranoid. Uh, me and Jamie both were, were kind of worked up about it though, you know, thinking we were going to get canned. Uh, we just don't want to get canned because we're, we're doing the best we can, you know? So anyway, uh, on to bigger and better things. Uh, that story show has become basically, I didn't mean for it to be, but it's a weekly story contest podcast now, at least for the next two months. We give away $50 a week uh, for the best story, the one, uh, and not necessarily the best story, I guess, the story that we get the most out of, the one that makes us laugh the hardest, the one that impresses us the most. And uh, ever since I we, we started it, um, it has been very successful. We are getting a lot more stories. Um, and it's stories from people who already listen to the show. Now, let me tell you why that's important. First of all, because I think I mentioned it last time, I wanted to invest in the show itself rather than like advertising and pulling people from the outside. I wanted to reward people that were already with us, you know, and build the show, build the community pour back into the people that have poured into us. And typically what happens in people's journey with the show is they find the show. They love the show. They find, they figure out a couple stories they want to send in. They send them in and then that's it. They listen to the show and they enjoy it until they're done with it. Or they, maybe they continue for years. So many people do. Um, but this, there's a storytelling phase in there. 
And what I found has happened since the $50 prize is people that are longtime listeners have picked up the pen or the keyboard again, and they've started resubmitting. They even said so, you know, Hey, I haven't sent in a story since blah, 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 blah. And here's another story. And that is wonderful. That is great because funny things happen every day, you know, every week. And, uh, you know, it's getting people to think about us and think about writing down their stuff. Um, it's gotten a lot of new stories in and, and I'm be honest, we were, we were running low, <laughs> we were running low. Uh, I needed to shake something up and, um, and we, we, we got it, you know, it's, it's going good so far. So, um, I'm excited about that. I, I, what I didn't want to do is I didn't want the money to ruin the show, you know, for it to become, uh, a podcast that is like a big, uh, instead of a friendly experience, it's a big competition. You know, I just wanted the money to be like a, a bonus to it. And I think that's, that's where we're at. So, um, I'm excited about that. I've also got a form now that people have to use to send in their, um, stories because we can't take them through email anymore because they have to, they have to, uh, have to agree to our rules and regulations and things like that since it's a contest and we have legal obligations and stuff. Uh, but I have a form now that people are submitting their name and email address. And one of the biggest things I have collected over the years is names and emails. It's a big, it's a big deal to have a mailing list and I haven't utilized it nearly as much as I should have, but I do have one and I wanted a way I've got these people willingly sending me their names and emails and I wanted a way to get that automatically put into uh, my mailing list so that when I have announcements or things I want to share with people, like the contest, I can send out an email to everybody. And um, there were lots and lots of options, and they cost hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And I'm like, James, let's go back to the days of when you didn't have any podcast income and you were just doing stuff by the seat of your pants. There has to be a way it might not be as simple and easy, but there has to be a way to get a form and pull that information out and submit it not only to your email where you can read it, but also skim that name and that, that email address and pop it into to MailChimp for you to use it later. Now I won't bore you with the details like I did with the hat, but I found that way and it's very simple and it was very cheap and uh, it's very satisfying because I thought I was going to have to use a service that cost up to $200 a year. Um, their first year, they gave you 50% off, but I didn't even count that. I started counting how much it was going to be per month per year. And it was like $17 a month. And that's ridiculous to, to you know, and, and what I did is I went into WordPress. I found what I was already using and, and wanted to see if I could make it do what I wanted it to do. And it turned out I could. And, um, I, like I said, I did end up spending a little bit of money, but it was like 50 bucks for a year for a whole year. And that is doable. That is, and, and it invested in an application that I, uh, approve of very much. It's called Elementor and I use it constantly I, on my website. My whole, uh, theme is an Elementor based website and you don't need to know all of the ins and outs of what it means. It just means I can edit things very easily and put things where I want them to be. And I don't have to use code. 
and it can create forms and the forms can be then used the way I want them to be. And that has been awesome. And it was, that's what I figured out yesterday. Uh, going bouncing back to work. I, I mentioned I was going to talk about the word don't. Um, this is a simple thing, but I think it's something worth mentioning is uh, the boss at, at this place I work at um, is not my boss. He is the boss of the place. And uh, he, he's a proud man. And I honestly feel like he has a right to be proud. He started his company with a single head embroidery machine in the middle of a mall years ago. And he would just embroider whatever people brought him. And now he has a building, a warehouse, you know, with at least, I want to say 20 to 30 machines in it. And he does a good living for himself. He drives a Tesla. You know, he, he's, he, he's, he's made it, you know, he's a self-made man. Um, but he's a little proud and I have decided not to engage him in conversation ever. <laughs> so I have a tab, I have a, I have a sticker, a, a you know, a yellow tab thing, whatever they call it, a post-it note on my computer screen that just says don't. And it means two things. One, don't go into the cafeteria area and buy a Snickers bar and eat it for fun because that has been tempting. They have, they have these snacks that you can just buy and it's just right there. And so that means don't do that. But it also means don't engage this man in conversation because the other day he comes in, like for instance, he hooked me. He hooked me into a conversation about himself. I, uh, comes in, he says, Hey, I'm going to micro center. Anybody want anything? And I thought that was pretty funny. So I'm like, yeah, why don't you get me a, um, an NVIDIA 7080 or 7090 or whatever it is the, the basically the latest and greatest graphics card that nobody can get a hold of. And I knew he would know that. And he said, Oh man, do you know though that they have a, a blah, 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 blah in the Tesla, they have this graphics card in every Tesla. And I was like, no, I didn't know that. And I was like, you know, one time I saw a Tesla that had a dog in it and the screen said, don't worry. It's in dog mode. The dog's fine. Don't break my window. And he's like, oh yeah. And he pulls out his, his phone. He said, it's right here on the app. And I'm like, oh, you drive a Tesla. And oh my gosh, he goes on for 20 minutes about his Tesla. And I was like, dad, gum it. I'm giving him, I'm giving him a, a, an audience so he can brag his daggum tesla oh yeah once you've had a tesla you'll never go back i'm like i'll never have a tesla first of all not until they become mainstream to the point that they cost as much as a normal car and and plus you know until it can drive 320 miles on a single tank of gas you know i'm, I'm not real interested in sitting there for 20 to 30 minutes to, to be able to drive to walmart while it charges uh anyway he went on and on about how he sets the temperature in the car and it stays at that temperature, even when he's not in it. So that when he goes to get in it, it's always 73 degrees. It never gets above 80. It never goes below this and that and the other. And that's all cool stuff. It really is, but he was bragging and it, and it just soured me. So my don't sticker, I made that right afterwards. Don't. And he comes in and he starts talking. He'll talk to Jamie. He'll talk. And, and you know, I just keep working and I'm not trying to be rude. I just don't want to enable somebody. <laughs> I don't care about, you know, it's like this. The guy is, it has some, uh, you know, pats on the back coming to him. He has made, like I said, he's self-made man, blah, blah, blah. But my old pastor used to say the greatest man in the world really was the greatest man in the world until he realized it. And 
that right there is how I base things. Let somebody else say things about you. You know, if you're great, don't say them about yourself. You know, I don't know. Uh, speaking of jobs and podcasting, see, this combines both of our subjects together. I have recently figured out how to finally podcast and do full time at the same time. And here's how I do it. All right. So, um, Monday, I don't do anything. Um, it used to be show prep night and, and I talked, I talked about this on the last podcast, the, the way podcasting was going is Monday night was prep night. Tuesday night was rest school bus night. Wednesday night was prep night and date night. And Thursday night was podcast, uh, that story show night and Friday was off Saturday off Sunday off. So, um, I've just made a little change to that. And, and that is I do red school bus show notes, um, sometime on Saturday or Sunday. And before I was thinking I had to do that story show since that was the hardest show to do. I thought I had to do that one on the weekend, but then I wasn't going to be able to remember anything about it by the time Thursday came around, but I can do that with red school bus. Um, it doesn't take as much energy to do a show for kids either because it comes naturally or maybe it's more simplistic. Um, but yeah, I've been doing the show notes on like Sunday afternoon casually and I share them with John and his son. And then we do the show on Tuesday and it doesn't matter that it's only, it's only been a day, you know, it's only been a Monday since I wrote the show notes. So, um, I'm very happy about that because I didn't mind paying somebody else to do the show notes. I just didn't like that. I wasn't doing them, you know, that, that concept, that whole idea. So we had some great people that stepped up that wanted to do it. They were all will willing. They were all capable. Um, but at the end of the day, I wanted to still have my hand in it, you know, I wanted it to be real. So, you know, maybe one day I will write or find a writer that helps with parts of the show, but I never want to give up the whole thing, you know? Um, so what am I reading and watching and all that kind of stuff? I've been reading, um, Bram Stoker's Dracula. It was written back in the, the Victorian era and it's, very good. It's told through a series of journal entries. And, uh, I like old books. I like, you know, um, great expectations. I really enjoyed that. I like all of the, uh, Sherlock Holmes books. And, uh, you know, one thing about reading older books is you don't have to worry about morality being an issue. <laughs> there's unless there's some casual racism in some of them, like there was in, uh, in, in Sherlock Holmes, it was just terrible, but, uh, but anyway, I'm doing that. And then I'm, I'm working on a list. I've, I've compiled a list of my favorite movies. And my goal is to have a thousand favorite movies on this list. I've only got 163 so far, but that's a pretty good list. Um, and the thing that I'm realizing as I'm going through it is this is not necessarily a list that I would want to share with everybody there's some guilty pleasures on there you know what i'm saying um like for instance you know john wick rated r you know for violence and shooting people and stuff you know lots of fighting and junk i have no problem with that but somebody in my church or or you know uh in in my church leadership or whatever might you know they might have an issue with that so it's, uh, it's so far, it's just a secret between me and me, you know, it's just for me. And maybe when I die, I will release it. And 
people who are my fans will say, oh, I have to watch all thousand of his movies, you know, his favorite movies. I don't know. So, <laughs> uh, I updated the logo to uh, that story show. Um, first of all, it wasn't embroiderable. And secondly, it was just due. And I think I may have talked about this on the last show, but I encourage you to go by and look at it. Um, it's, it's on your podcast app. Probably <laughs> it looks a lot like the original. There's not a whole lot changed about it. It's just, uh, more of an icon, you know, more of a logo rather than an illustration. It looks better, smaller. So when it's tiny, like on social media and stuff, and it is embroiderable, which I'm thinking about getting some hats made, you know, go figure. James is going to make hats. So, uh, that is about all I've got for today. Uh, I hope you guys are doing well. I'm, I'm doing okay. You know, I'm doing okay. I'm not, uh, I'm not at the height. I'm not at a 10, but uh, I'm not at a five either. I'm somewhere at a good seven, you know, as far as on the scale of, of good to bad and, and that's okay. You know, not every day is going to be a great day. Not every weekend is going to be a great weekend. That Friday, like I said, just tore me up. I was, I was just empty by the time that was over. So I'm glad to, to be back up. Um, as far as video games I'm playing, I'm trying to play through Jedi Fallen Order. Um, it's really good. And, uh, but, I, but I'm stuck, like right at the beginning. <laughs> so I don't know what I'm going to do. Anyway, you guys take it easy. Thank you for your, your comments, the input that you give me during the weeks, and, uh, and the, the, the pay, patrons that mean so much. Uh, I appreciate you, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Gospel of Kinnison. Goodbye.